Well, hello, and thank you for clicking on to this podcast about parenting and diversity. We have the lovely Nicole Poon with us um, to have a conversation. So, uh, Nicole, would you mind just sharing a bit about yourself and your family before hello, our conversation? Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, I've been at Wellspring for just over a year, and I myself um, uh, was a journalist, and then I um, decided to become a full-time mum when my kids came along because I felt that they needed, you know, especially during these early years, they'd need like somebody to um, look after them and just make sure that they're okay set settling in, yeah. in their schools and things. So I thought, okay, so I'll just stop working and become a stay-at-home mum. So that's what I've been doing for the past few years. And my husband works full-time and his hours are really, really full-on. So okay. I just, I'm usually with the kids, to, you know, most of the time. And I've got three children. So the oldest is Timothy, who is nine, turning 10. My second one is Benjamin, who is seven. And my final one is a girl, thank God. Her name is Christina, and she is five. Fantastic. So well remembered as well, all the names and ages. And so family, uh, three children, all you know, scattered within that primary age range and primary school. And so we just got a couple of questions to help us uh, look at some of the things maybe you've experienced or dealt with, or even maybe you could uh, just discuss and your thoughts on. But the first one is, how are you raising your children to love and accept others? So I'd say um, we actually, they were all born in Hong Kong, actually, because I was working there and, you know, I had the children there while I was working. And um, we recently moved back to the UK last year. Yeah. And um, before I came over, I did kind of brief them to tell them you are no longer the majority because in sure. Hong Kong, everybody, you know, 90% of them were Asian, were Chinese, you know, set, looking the same, same kind of skin, same kind of language, same kind of culture. But to come back to the UK where mummy was from, mm. it's a little bit different because you'll be a minority, right? So your classes will be, you know, mainly um, a white British or, you know, yes. a, a Europeans and you'll be maybe the only Chinese, ch uh, you know, student maybe. And for that to happen, you'll have to understand that um, not everybody's going to understand, you know, the way that, our culture or just the the way things are because maybe you know they, they don't understand certain things and they'll probably wonder and become curious and sort of ask ask you questions so you just have to you know I just sort of prep them before they came they're like yeah right okay you should be fine so, <laughs> children um, are resilient aren't yes, they? I did brief them beforehand okay. and sometimes I would ask them so how was school yeah. did anything happen was it okay and they'll be like sometimes my oldest would come back saying well some and um, somebody in my class was just like calling me a funny name and okay. I was like oh okay and what did they say and they'll just I'll just say I was a, a Chinese man you just things like that it wasn't yeah. really offensive but it's just making him feel kind of like out of place or not accepted you know kind of left out and I said yeah. right okay so this was exactly what mummy went through when I was young in the UK it's actually yeah. very normal okay. because people are different you know yeah. and sometimes children don't really understand certain things and maybe they're not trying to be mean they're just curious you know yeah. but it might come across as offensive or, mm. or rude but just try to give it time because mm. every child kind of learns at their own pace sure. they have experiences you know according to their, their own backgrounds mm. and stuff so don't take offense I said because it's gonna happen you just okay. have to um stay strong and sort of like live with sure. it but obviously when it gets bad then you'll have to tell the teacher yes so okay. yeah and and just in terms of how that could impact them in their outlook. How do you keep your children or through these kind of negative experiences and um, 
say from prejudice or bullying just in general how do you keep them you know still accepting and loving and respecting towards their friends or their peers or even those who've been rude to them yeah it's very hard um mm. I would say I'm, I'm still learning it's a lot to learn for me because I'm I'm mm. still a young parent <laughs> and you know learning as it goes so I think the main thing is um what you teach at home is very important you know what you the love that you give them at home the acceptance the example you know you show at home you demonstrate you know he's one of three siblings and all of that they, they all have different personalities different interests different characters um the, even me and daddy are very different you know how we interact how we chat how we how we work through our day they are observing so it's like as christian parents i'm really thankful that we have god because without him i think our family would have just broken apart years ago because it's like okay. there's so much forgiveness involved so much unconditional love involved mm. you know in a marriage and in a family um that just just showing them that we always come back to jesus in our times of difficulty that just to see us we pray as a family so these are the life lessons they hopefully will pick up as they grow up and they have their own families because like for me you know I kind of like teach them and discipline the way my parents did to me because that's the only way I know yeah you know so I'm just thinking oh that's the only way they will know so why not set a good kind of yes. example well we're not perfect you know I have my flaws we both have sure. we argue you know we fight mm. very normal but yeah. those times they see us apologising to each other because we mm. try to make it deliberate to say it in front of them so they see, oh, look, Daddy's going to give Mummy a hug now. Mm. And Daddy, what do you have to say to Mummy? And I'd be <laughs> yeah, like, okay, sure. Daddy, you know, was a little bit angry <laughs> earlier on. It was wrong for me to say this or yeah. it was bad for me to, to you know, throw it a tantrum or whatever. Mm. And then for them to see it and they'll be smiling and clapping when they see yeah. us make up again. That, I think, is yeah. really important. It's not so much words like teaching but through actions what you do at home mm -hmm. and then they'll pick it up hopefully mm -hmm. <laughs> um it's not easy but that's my kind of like experience to, to show them because it's fine to make a mistake sure. they'll see us make mistakes they'll see mummy you know go crazy and just yeah. you know <laughs> you throw yeah. things or whatever but to see us come back to jesus yeah. come back to the person who's wronged you to apologize like, oh, okay so that's what you do yeah so hopefully um you'll see something positive yeah. out of this <laughs> that's awesome no thank you for sharing yeah it's really good because even reflecting on myself obviously your children are you know eyes and ears see see a lot that goes on in the home and sometimes they see the things that you prefer them not to have seen or even yourself to have gone through but like it's really good that you make an effort you're very intentional to show the reconciliation you know the making up that they see that too because it could be I could just think of a scenario maybe with myself and Hannah when we haven't been seeing eye to eye and things have got a bit out of hand in a way maybe my behavior wasn't great and then it takes some time for us to cool off or process to come back and maybe the kids may have gone to bed mm -hmm before then we're all like we have the conversation so I, I I've even think that's fantastic that say we do make up in the evening yeah. that we make sure we intentionally share that process yeah, with, the, with the kids it's yeah in the kids and maybe that would feel a bit strange <laughs> um but actually we realize that would be helpful so that's that's really awesome one of the things I picked up on as well what you're saying there is just modeling um good behavior modeling how you how you relate to one another one of the things I've noticed is when 
when talking about differences, you see a lot of that in Jesus's time or through the Bible and how Jesus related to people of all different sorts. And um, one of my favourite is just with Jesus, you've got stories and the kids love the stories too. So like the um, the story of the Good Samaritan and saying how, you know, um, the person who was least likely to help actually helped and we can be the least likely to help when we're discriminated against but that shouldn't stop us from helping out reaching out or caring for somebody even if they look different from us or more so when they're you know subject to something not as pleasant we want to be there to help them yeah. and how, how do you as a parent if your child goes through something a bit tough like how do you process your emotions when your child may you know be down because something hasn't gone well for them in relationships at school or somewhere else yeah so firstly I have to try my best to make sure I'm emotionally stable at that point you know yeah. usually like before pickup you know, I have to have a bit of a quiet moment because I know once I pick them up, it's going to be, you know, really loud and noisy and yeah. mummy this, mummy that. So I have to, um, it's a good reminder actually that I should, you know, spend more time with God daily before I um, do anything, before mm. I make any decision so that at least my mind is clear to give good advice, you know, so at least I'm not biased or, or angry or whatever. So when they do say that they want you know my older son is very kind of like he'll always say mommy can we have pillow talk before he sleeps oh. and yeah because and I'm usually really bad I'll be like <laughs> I've got three children to put to bed can you just go to bed and wait usually he waits and then most of the time I don't go back but it's really I feel really really bad but when they ask definitely make time to go because they don't always ask and when they get older they're not going to ask but while they're still young and they ask oh can we have some pillow talk maybe he just wants to talk about what happened during the day to share or what we can have for breakfast tomorrow what should I prepare for him and that you know, he just likes to chat um I think be there yeah. as a parent when when they ask especially just be there and see what they have you know listen to what they have to say because I try to you know it's really easy to say but to actually do when you're in the midst of your busy life you know life at home and you've got things to do but put the washing in or whatever but um to to really spend time with them to listen and whatever they say you just uh, you know if you don't know what to, to answer then just say should we just pray very good <laughs> yeah, yeah just be like sure. okay should we just mummy doesn't know the answer I don't know what to do I don't know your friends you know I don't know how it works you know in your your peer group whatever but let's just lift this up to Jesus and pray because God knows mm -hmm. and he is always there for you sometimes mummy doesn't come back to talk to you like during the pillow talk but God is there you can pray to him because one day me and daddy will not be here right because oh, we all, yes. all pass on and we, and, I, and I'll just be like mm -hmm. and I, we just we're here to sort of like train you mm -hmm. to to know how to live your life, you know, um, independently and to have a relationship with Jesus. And I said to him, this is how mummy has survived like all these years. It's really just Jesus. And if you need ever need any instruction, he's always there for you. So you can just pray, talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything else, you know, I try to. But that is what I do, you know, during those times when I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer. Because I don't know if my answer's correct, you know, because that's just my coming from me. But I can try my best. Yes. But if that's not what God wants, then we should come back to him and say, God, mm. this is your child that you've entrusted to me. But I don't know how to teach him. But God, he's your child. Can you please do something? Yeah. <laughs> so lift him up in yeah. prayer. Lift the kids up in prayer daily. So that's that definitely, definitely helps. That's so true. And I think and so obviously it helps just, you know, bringing your children before the Lord in prayer. But also I think. 
just from you saying that, I'm reminded I grow in faith and trust in God for these kids. And you've said it yourself that these these children aren't actually mine. Mm. They belong to God and it's my privilege to parent them, but they belong to God. And if they belong to God, that just brings about the reassurance. God knows what they need. Not only will he protect and guide them, but through those things, bad experiences that we wish on no child, we know God can work through that and bring restoration and help. And so, yeah, what a great reminder that these children first and foremost belong to God and they're a gift unto us to to raise. And so we we just got to keep pointing them back to God. Yeah. And in doing so, our own relationship with God grows as well. So it's true. I've noticed sometimes yeah. when I tell my children to do things, they don't listen, right? It kind of reflects <laughs> yeah. my relationship with God. I'm like, hang on a minute, why am I getting angry? This is exactly how God feels when he tells me to do something. I don't listen. But God just showed me, see, right, right, see, that is what I go through, Nicole. I'm like, okay, because they behave that way for a reason. You know, it's not just to annoy me, but I'm sure it's to strengthen us, to mould our characters as yes. people. Well, it can be. That's what yeah, I'm like, God, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, Nicole, thank you for sharing and opening up some of your experience as a, as a mother and part of the the family here just wanted to check is there anything else you wanted to share as a final word of encouragement to parents listening or even if people aren't parents but who are listening um, I would say just remember that our children are all different are mm. all made in the image of God God's given them special skills mm. special uniqueness talents or you know personalities characteristics so don't um, use like the same method Yes. Um, for all of them, because even for us as adults, we learn differently. Some of us are like visual learners. Some of us, are, you know, are through experience, you know, through falling and, you know, getting back up, mm. that kind of thing. So to remember that the children belong to Jesus, they're all different. Yeah. So they have their time. They have their, you know, sort of like rate of development or personality development, that kind of thing. So just have to be patient and trust in the Lord. Um, and try to find that individual kind of like interactive method with each of them if you have more than one <laughs> fantastic so, yeah praise the lord and god has your back he yeah. is here so we're never alone amen <laughs> amen well thank you very much nicole and i'm sure our conversation has been helpful for those who've listened anyway um so have a good day everybody listening and uh yeah hopefully we'll see you around soon god bless okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for clicking on to this podcast. Um, uh, it's great to have you listening in and uh, looking forward to the conversation we have with uh, Tracy Matthew on parenting uh, in diversity and among diversity and looking at some of the issues and um, how we process these things and topics. And hopefully this conversation can even inspire more conversation uh, with you and your loved ones. So uh, again, thank you, Tracy, for joining me. Do you want to share a bit about who you are, what you do and your kids? Yeah, so um, as David said, Tracy Matthew, um, live in Watford, been here for 50 years now. So I'm a true Watty fan. Come on. Originally um, <laughs> from West London where I grew up, um, born and bred. Um, I have two, well, two part-time jobs, um, both supporting young people and families with special educational needs and disabilities. So one's based as a family support worker in a special needs primary school up in um, Nedra and others working for Brent Council. Mm -hmm. Those are my two jobs. And my two lovely children, I've got a 13-year-old boy 
mm-hmm. um, and 11-year-old daughter. And I should say that, you know, we are a black mm. British family. Yeah. Um, my heritage is, um, my parents are from Grenada, a beautiful island in the Caribbean. So I'll call myself Grenadian British. Um, my husband, he is Catitian. You're like, what is Catitian? Yes. <laughs> from St. Kitts, St. Okay. Kitts in the Caribbean, another island. And his mum's from Dominica. So he's wow. a, a mix of two lovely islands. <laughs> lovely. Wonderful. Well, and so um, your children are of the uh, secondary school age. And yeah. so you've journeyed that and uh, journeying even into, <clears throat> I guess, yeah. the transition into secondary school quite recently. So um, one of the questions uh, we wanted to start off with is how are you raising your children to love and accept others who are different from themselves? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think the main, I think one of the main things that we do, we do have a lot of conversations um, about difference and especially as I'm quite passionate about special education needs and disabilities, that often comes up a lot. Um, it can be, for example, times where we've seen people in the public who you can clearly see they have some sort of disability, whether it's an unseen one or actual one, and we'll kind of talk through that. Um, both my children have experienced um, children in their classes who have special educational needs and often talk about that, um, talk about how they might feel being left out of, I don't know, social groups or friendship groups, um, talk about, you know, the importance of being kind to each other because it is about kindness um, when, when, and having a bit more patience with say individuals who have special educational needs, um, especially if they have, I don't know, might lack social skills, might have short-term memory, there's stuff like that. So I do a lot of conversations about that. And I, I remember when my daughter used to, used to do Lego, she's like create little disabled people in her Lego sex. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she'll say this person's blind or this person's in a wheelchair. And I thought that's quite cute. Um, I kind of do feel there needs to be more disabled people in schools. Yeah. Um, that's one of my big passions, but that's another story. Um I do often talk a lot about my experiences. I mean, I grew up in, in Acton, West London. I went to a very diverse primary school. Yeah. So I always felt accepted as a black person in those schools. Um, I used to show them my, my first reception photograph where you see every single culture <laughs> is just there in this picture. And that was in every single year of my schooling. Um, so they've kind of seen that. And I know that for my husband, he does speak to him about his experiences of, of being in school. And for him, unfortunately, he was, had a quite a negative experience. So he grew up in a, in a Catholic school in a very diverse area of London, Northwest London. But I think there's only a handful of black children in that school. So throughout primary, he was regularly called N-words, if not daily, definitely weekly throughout schooling. So he often talks about his experiences about that. Um, and I'm forgetting the question, David. What was the question again? Am I just, <laughs> that's all right. Good <laughs> context to understand. So how you're raising your children, particularly to, you know, love others and embrace yeah. diversity, embrace differences. Yeah, I think it's just mainly conversations. Mm. Um, just go have, when there's opportunities to kind of discuss things, maybe, maybe we've seen something on TV. Mm. Um, and kind of talk through things, I think, mainly that. Yeah. Um, and also, 
just talk, just letting them know that obviously you can not agree with someone's lifestyle choice doesn't mean that you are not gonna that you shouldn't love them very good um, we often talk about you know friends and family who have certain lifestyle choices yeah. <laughs> that we don't necessarily agree with but we still love them as people um and i think that's a very important point to kind of let them know you know you, you have to still love others yeah um despite having you know agreed to, to kind of disagree and certain things and that's okay and hmm. um, and I think that's probably about it, really, because those conversations really, David. Yeah, so it's really good to keep that <clears throat> part of an ongoing conversation, hey, and uh, hopefully mm. they, the children will feel free to also initiate and start conversations when these questions or experiences come to, to mind as well. Yeah, yeah. and then what, what I've noticed as well, that often when they'll, they'll talk about things like how another child might be treated in school. Yeah, okay. And well, that'll come yeah. up in those conversations and how they felt really sorry for this child and you know might say you know mommy can we pray for them um let's pray for them and things like that because obviously um they've seen the way other children treat other children mm. unkindly because maybe they okay. have an accent <laughs> example <laughs> and, and they, they laugh at them when they're kind of reading out stuff in class um and it's quite obvious so we talk about how that that person might feel being on the receiving end of that of that kind of bullying or mockery you know yeah. um, because it, because they're different sure how about personally for them if you don't mind sharing um or maybe for yourself you, you talked mm. about uh, your husband for a bit otis but for for when you, they've been or you've experienced like discrimination or prejudice or mm. they've experienced bullying um hopefully you've been able to have a conversation about that um have you any experience to share on how yeah, you dealt I mean, with or at least maybe not even dealt with but you've had the conversation yeah yeah I, I don't think I've talked much to them about things I've experienced and to be honest things I've experienced have been very very subtle and I couldn't say this was someone discriminated against me because of the color of my skin it wasn't yeah. that I couldn't actually I could actually label that because it was so yeah. subtle but you had those kind of gut feelings mm. um but I know like over the over the years and certain things in the news has happened in society that has kind of struck has kind of created conversations with my kids um you know you talk about you know George Floyd incident I remember one time when um it was all kind of in the news about the sh it, so even before that sorry the shootings in America mm. by the you know, black black people being shot black men being shot mm. by the police and being shot dead and that was in the news a lot um I think my son must have been about nine my daughter mm. about seven at the time i remember i was driving from driving somewhere or from school and my son says mommy why are they killing black men why are the police killing black men in america and mm. um, i don't want to go to america they might shoot me mm. and yeah. david the tears in the mm. tears in my eyes i was like i was just crying driving this car thinking oh my gosh mm. i've got to be speaking to my children not only about sexual exploitation or I don't know grooming or cyberbullying speak about actually you you are going to be a victim of racism and discrimination and I think especially as a, a young black boy mm. which I think black men tend, tend to be the most hated I'm going to say it <laughs> that's what I've experienced and what okay. I've seen it tends to be black men rather than black women mainly but um I've got to teach them this is this is going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. 
And over, over the years, I've been helping me new. I mentioned George Floyd. I mentioned, you know, the, foot, the football and racism. These things do come up and we have those conversations. Um, I know even more recently, my son experienced something where, again, it's a very subtle thing. And I, and I said to him, you know, I, I do feel this person in authority is discriminating against you. Um, but we haven't got the concrete evidence. <laughs> so what I kind of said to my son, you have to be very careful of how you respond to this person because you're go, you're you're going to um, fit into their negative stereotype of what how, of how a young black person should react to things. They they will expect you to be aggressive. Um, even that word aggressive, I've issues with. What does aggressive mean? The whole whole story behind that word. I hate that word. And I do challenge that word aggressive when I see written reports yeah. saying that a young person was aggressive. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, I think it's, all, it's often misunderstood because aggress, aggression, someone who's aggressive can be someone who's frustrated, sure. someone who needs to calm down or who are very angry and can't regulate their emotion. It can be it can be anything. Yeah. It can be somebody throwing a chair at the window. It can be somebody shouting. What's aggressive? Yeah, very. so I do. <laughs> so I do kind of, you know, kind of try and coach my son that if you're with this particular person, authority, you have to make sure that you react in a certain way. And I know you're annoyed, you're frustrated, you're angry, you want to throw something, but you just can't because they'll be able to say, they'll be like, okay, tick, he he is he is that he fits that stereotype. And look at what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, kind of show there's other ways, other appropriate ways where you can where you can respond to things or yeah. or channel that emotion, other things or other ways where you can can complain about stuff. Yeah. If it comes to that, so I think it's about for me, kind of coaching my children in appropriate ways to behave. Sure. Um. Can I ask how how do you relate that in your ongoing raising? you know, as Christ followers, like, mm. and bringing that sort of, I, I, I've, the conversation, not just about how to act, but just the attitude of heart and, and loving Jesus, or what do you draw from Jesus's example in those times? Because obviously Jesus himself was really unfairly mistreated too. Yeah. Um, I think what we... Sorry, David, I'm trying to get my, my thoughts together on this one. Um, I think what I think what some of the things we do I do kind of draw on is is especially the kind of the thinking of the fruits of the spirit and thinking about mm. um being patient, being kind, mm. and stuff like that. I do kind of draw on those type of themes with, with them, how in those situations, I know it's really hard. That's where you can cry out to Jesus for help, the yeah. strength to kind of like have that pause moment, the strength to kind of kind of breathe for a bit before you react and you respond to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he can help you through those situations. Yeah, that's what I tend to talk to him about. Um, yeah, so I don't think I've answered that question quite well. No, no, I think, <laughs> well, you inspired me from that, mentioning, you know, we live by the spirit to our children and, you know, we we can produce fruit from that. And you talked about the patience and love, but one of those things, I guess in, in that immediate moment when you're impatient or you're frustrated, one of the fruits of the spirit is actually self-control. And I think some of the things 
self-control needs to be a fruit because it's actually a fruit that comes out of injustice or discrimination you hold on to that knowing that's good even though you're not part of a good situation um unfortunately I've just I've limited it to a, a situation whereas I know there can be ongoing difficulties in relationship you can use the word bullying or just ongoing things and I think the challenge for for even us as adults to hold on to self-control repeatedly mm-hmm. um, when nothing changes or when you're you're pushing for change in various ways and and staying full of self-control but also patience I think that there's something yeah. to be drawn from that living by the spirit because yeah. if I live out the flesh I'm gonna <laughs> something wrong's gonna happen and as a parent experiencing yeah. this is what I was wondering as a parent if I knew like anything was happening to my children in a negative way, you know, I, I would have to live by the spirit, not just in teaching them, but even in how I deal with certain things in, in behavior and action and, and seek Jesus. You're right. Well, Jesus, I have no answers right now. You need to help me. You, you just remind me because self-control is one of the major things we speak about. Mm. <laughs> Having self-control actually you just remind me because, um, I know, obviously, for for young people going through the hormonal changes, they go from like zero to a hundred in a split of a second, and self control is a big one for them. And I often, I mean, I mean, one time when I was speaking to um, my two and talking about this whole thing about um, my son having a self control and has been aware of how he kind of responds to things, he's a person of authority who clearly mm. doesn't like my son, and I and I think it was there was something there about the color of his skin Um, and um, I I mentioned about a situation that happened to my husband many 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 years ago where he was on a busy train coming back to back home from Watford and there was um, I think it was a a man on the train something uh, something happened something happened on the train and the man spat on my husband's head (laughs) he spat on my husband's head and he he was an old he must be like a good quite quite an old not an elderly man but quite a lot older than than him must be in his sixties maybe so kind of same age range as our parents age um he looked like he was from an Indian heritage background not sure where he was from he spat on his head and there was complete he said there's a complete silence on the train the train was packed complete silence on the train he sat there calmly took out a tissue, wiped the start of his head and just sat there. Everyone looked in shock and awe at this whole situation. They come thought on. it was a big fight. That, yeah, you know? come on. And my husband said he sat there and he just wanted to punch the man. Mm. He wanted to kind of react in a way to all sorts to this man. Wow. But then he knew that it would be, he will be the one who will be arrested, who will mm. be charged. He knew it wasn't the right thing to do. He knew that you know, something could happen out of this whole situation. And I use that as an example of self-control. And I remember when I told my kids the story, they sat there, wide mouth in shock, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. he did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think it's, it's so important is pulling out things that happen in our in our lifestyles and kind of like actually this yeah. has happened to us. This is how we responded. And yeah. it's okay to have, you need to have self-control in certain things. And I think when you have that self-control, you have that space to kind of pause and think about your reactions and how you react to stuff. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, thanks for reminder. <laughs> it's all right. No, that's great. Great, great conversation. And well, just finally to wrap up then, Tracy, is there anything else whilst you've got the attention of our listeners and um, what you'd like to share as an encouragement to those who are parenting? Um, oh, gosh. There's <laughs> so much things, but I, I just think it's a journey. Yes. And I just think, you know, as parents, we're not perfect. I've made such mistakes well mm. you know I do turn into this ranting raving mum <laughs> like ah this shat and like I do I do have those moments and it's okay it's it's we're humans we're not always going to be like you know we, we will react to things sometimes and we can't feel guilty because I think often you kind of spend a long time feeling guilty I'm not doing things properly I'm not doing enough I'm like throw that guilt in the bin mm. um you are we are amazing parents yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that kind of, you know, blow up my head. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do make mistakes. And when I do make mistakes, I do say to my kids, no, I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry brilliant. for being ratting and shouting. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> you. busy at work. I'm sorry. It's, and it's okay to say that. And it's okay to have those moments. So Very good. Yeah, so don't feel bad. It's a journey. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's very good. I think one of the things you've picked up on there as well, you know, in our mistakes, that is an opportunity if we deal with them in the right way, or we make that a conversation, even once we're dealt with them, it can be a learning opportunity, not just for ourselves who make mistakes, but for our children too. So thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, yeah. thank you David <laughs> yeah well thank you for your time and um if it's all right we'll just pray I'll pray for yourself and uh, Otis and parenting but also for Nicole who I'd uh, previously recorded with so Heavenly Father we thank you for this time together we thank you for the conversations we've had about parenting and how to uh, better love and equip our kids to love people around them and to embrace people of all sorts and uh, of all sorts of differences. But Lord God, we do ask, Father, for your ongoing wisdom and patience, Lord, and love uh, and understanding as we go about parenting. And I pray, Father, especially for uh, Tracy and Nicole and their families, Lord God, that your hand of blessing and protection would be over them. And for all our listeners, Lord God, I pray, Father, that you would continue to lift our heads, to look to you, to look to Jesus and the example he set, Lord God, and pray, Father, that you'd help us to trust in you. We realize our kids are not our own. They belong to you first and foremost. And it is our privilege to to raise them, Lord, to, to know you and to, to share your gospel amongst their friends and where they're at. So I pray, Lord God, for all those listening, that you would fill them with hope today and fill them with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>